Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. It is Thursday, February 8th, final day of Chiefs Media, live from Las Vegas ahead of Sunday's Super Bowl rematch against the San Francisco 49ers. So let me welcome in the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Sween, I- I'm just guessing based on, you know, everything that I've been paying attention to, obviously I'm not I'm not in Vegas right now on the ground like you are really, really hoofing it and, and kind of and busting tail trying to keep up with everything. But I've listened to every press conference from this week. I, I'm locked into everything Chiefs right now ahead of this matchup. And really, my biggest takeaway from Thursday's media was that these guys are just ready to play this game. They are tired of answering questions from all of these reporters are tired of talking about Taylor Swift and everything that's off the field. They're ready to just get to Sunday's game already. Yeah, I think there was probably a big sigh of relief among the players after today's media session. Uh, the The Super Bowl media is unique. You know, we've been we've been talking about it a little bit all week, but just to run through it again, they have the opening night on Monday, and then they do their media sessions Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And what happens now is we're just dark until after the game on Sunday. So it does allow the players, you know, forty two to 72 hours just to kind of uh, settle in and, and enjoy friends and family, whoever may be in town, uh, get their final practices in and, and yeah, they'll turn their attention to Sunday. But yeah, uh, because of, I think the amount of media here and the amount of players that are speaking at the same time, you, you get these situations where these players are getting similar questions over and over and over again. So uh, the annoying part for them is over. Uh, we, we've covered it. Uh, we'll have more on the site and, and in the newsletter, and uh, yeah, we're we're excited for the game. I'm ready to to get this game underway, even though again we, we still have about three days here. So I, I want to let you guys know too. Um, normally we do a live Arrowhead Pride report on Friday morning, but this week we're actually going to bump that to Saturday. So be on the lookout for that from me and Pete. Um, just injury reports and everything. We should get the final injury report on Friday evening because of the time difference in Vegas are coming out a lot later. And so we want to make sure we we are as up to date as possible for everybody listening here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. So expect our final Arrowhead Pride report of the week sometime on, on Saturday morning, afternoon-ish, so, so, something in there. We'll figure that out. We'll have it out to you guys. We have plenty of plenty of stuff to keep you busy. Until then, on ArrowheadPride.com and right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. But I want to get into the injury report before we discuss the game a, a little bit more. I've you know, gone back and forth a thousand times. I feel like I've simulated this game in my head over and over. So I've got plenty of thoughts on that. But uh, as we all expected, Pete, Joe Tooney did not practice on Wednesday. Have to imagine he's not going to be available in the Super Bowl. Andy Reid's been honest about that. And Andy Reid usually, when it comes to injuries, does not say very much. And he's been pretty open about Joe Tooney probably not being available. They're moving forward. Nick Allegretti. Uh, expecting to get the start, which is what we expected. Sky Moore was activated off of injured reserve, though I, I don't expect to really see him involved in the game plan in Sunday's Super Bowl. And then Jarek McKinnon, who had that practice window opened, was a limited participant, but Andy Reid already said it's probably a long shot that he's going to go. Yeah, I think I think that's all right. Uh, you know, I, I think with the Tooney situation, if it were – 2020 and the chiefs were playing in that super bowl and they were down to you know their ninth 10th and 11th offensive linemen i think maybe it would be a different story with him but i think they really feel confident in nick allegretti i mean this is the immediate backup there it's been a strength thing for tuning he's not going to be full strength and so i don't think the chiefs are going to force him in even if maybe he could make himself 
eligible, available to play. Um, I just don't think they're going to go in that direction. I, I tend to think he'll be inactive. I know that McKinnon had a limited practice yesterday, but again, my understanding, as I have alluded to in previous reports, is I don't think he's going in this game. I mean, I, Clyde Allbutt confirmed that to me uh, yesterday. And then, you know, as you go down the line, I am interested in this Tony Ormore situation. And I say Tony Ormore because I, I can't see both of these guys being active on game day. And I, I think it'll be one of them. And I'm, I'm curious as to seeing uh, who they, they might have up. Uh, by the way, the, the technicality on the sky more is that his practice window was ending. And so for him to just continue working and be at practice, they had to designate him to return. And so, you know, we'll end up, uh, you know, seeing, you know, what happens uh, with, with sky more. But I, again, I, I'm, I'm curious as to if it'll be Tony or more, uh, like I said, I don't, I don't think both will be active. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, and, you know, even if they both wind up being active, I really find it hard to believe that either one of them is going to see the field yeah, much, no, if at all, much, in the yeah. Super Bowl. Right. Um, this offense has found something here in the playoffs, even if they aren't putting up a lot of points. Like, I, I just don't want Andy Reid to mess things up right now. And it feels like adding those guys back into the mix gives you an opportunity to you know, may, maybe mess things up a little bit during the Super Bowl. And obviously that's not where you want to uh, screw things up uh, on the 49ers side, though. Uh, they are as healthy as they're going to be uh, ahead of this game. Uh, Trent Williams, the only 49er who did not practice on Wednesday, but just a veteran rest for their superstar offensive lineman, George Kittle and Eric Armstead. Also both limited participants in practice, but there's no reason to worry about them. They're obviously going to play in this game. Both those guys have yeah. been dealing with injuries recently. So the 49ers are basically going to be at full strength in this Super Bowl. Yeah, they're a little they're a little healthier than the Chiefs, uh, just generally speaking. Just when you think about Tooney, but also uh, adding in just at the injuries that have, the Chiefs have accumulated from like the midway point through the end of the season uh name we haven't said in a while is Derek Nottie and same thing with with Brian Cook who was a key player for the Chiefs and I wish they had these guys uh but you know injuries happen in, in the NFL and as you compare it, I guess the Chiefs could have worse injuries of, of more critical players but uh 49ers slightly I think you know healthier uh, but I, I still think the Chiefs have enough um, you know, from the, the players that will be filling in for the guys I just mentioned where I don't think it's going to have a huge impact on the result of the game. And getting into this game, Pete, and you can tell me how you feel about this. So it, it feels like to me, and maybe it's because it, it's Super Bowl week and we're all consumed constantly with Chiefs stuff because there's just so much to cover over Super Bowl week. So. Normally, I, I kind of play both sides and I'm really locked into, you know, what's going on with the San Francisco 49ers or the Chiefs opponent or whatever. And this week, I've had a lot less time to pay attention to what's going on on that side of the ball because I'm so focused on, on making sure that we're on top of everything that's happening this week with the Chiefs. And I know that they're two point underdogs. But it feels like a lot of people are really confident in the Chiefs right now, finishing this thing off and, and getting another ring, winning back to back, taking down the 49ers once again in the Super Bowl. And I'm just curious if you get that same vibe in Las Vegas or if I'm just totally off base and I'm just too consumed by Chiefs stuff right now. Yeah, no, I I think it's more of a Kansas City thing, to quite be quite honest with you, with, with this confidence, because uh, you, you talk to. San Francisco 49er fans that are, that are here, you know, they they really feel like this is their year. And uh, you know, you mentioned the betting line. It's not, you know, the betting line can move. And so there are people that are continuing to to bet San Francisco. And so uh, I mean, I, I don't know how um, it's gotten to the point where 
you know, the the Chiefs uh, have the, these confident vibes in, in Kansas City. But uh, again, on the ground here, I, I think it is leaning San Fran, if I'm, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, obviously, San Francisco, when they're firing on all cylinders and, and they execute and they play like they are, like they can, um, like like a championship caliber football team, like they've got the best offensive weapons in the NFL. I, um, like it's I, not even I close. Think, yeah, and I think like going back to Baltimore, like you saw how confident those fans were going into that game. I think just from almost like a national standpoint, this is me like having a little bit of, of media theory, right? We put it on my professor glasses. Uh, I just tend to think that like Spags in a way and what he's been able to do this year uh, and really the Chiefs defense as a whole, we've talked about this, it's kind of hiding in plain sight. I don't think people who are betting and people who support the 49ers and just think they're going to steamroll the Chiefs really understand how good historically this Chiefs defense is. I mean, I, I know we talk about it a lot in Kansas City, but I'm, I also think I, I'm not even sure if Chiefs fans realize like how compared to history uh, this how good this defense is. I mean, you, you talk about the top defenses that we've seen. Uh, Seattle's uh, the Legion of Boom, Denver in 15 with like half of Peyton Manning that were able to get it done. I mean, they're right there with those defenses. It's just uh, I don't think they're getting the notoriety. And so I also think that's where some of the confidence from the 49ers is coming. It's like, well, we have CMC and Debo and Ayuk and you know, this, this quarterback uh, out of nowhere is playing lights out. But uh, the Chiefs are a different story, and I think they've proved that in Baltimore, but it, it has not seemed to carry over to the vibes here in, in Las Vegas. Yeah, it, it does seem like even Super Bowl week, like I thought after that AFC Championship performance, we'd be getting more focus on the Chiefs defense and just kind of hype around them. And it's still, well, well, the Chiefs offense only scored 17 points, like, and they didn't score in the second half. So, like, it it's, feels like that's still a, a big part of the narrative. And it's like, can this Chiefs offense put up enough points? Can they really compete with the San Francisco 49ers when the story should really be this Chiefs defense? And I know Nate Christensen's pointed this out all, all week at arrowheadpride.com, and I totally agree with him. Like, the San Francisco 49ers team is extremely talented, they've got superstars all over the place on both sides of the ball, but they're not quite as deep as they have been in years past. Like they, they had to compensate those stars and they had to keep those guys around their roster. And so they, they've had to spend up to keep a lot of those guys around and it has hurt the depth on their team. And the chief's depth is tremendous on the defensive side of the ball. We've seen it impact this team all year long. And then, you know, we talked about Charles Amenahu going down. Obviously, that's a huge loss for the Kansas City Chiefs because he's been an extremely impactful player. But at least at that position group, like they've got depth there and they've got guys that you feel like can step in and make plays. And I just think at the end of the day, the Chiefs have so much depth and talent on defense that it can be the deciding factor in this Super Bowl. Yeah, you make a good point about Amenahu. I didn't even mention him among the injuries uh, that we were talking about before. I mean, uh, it probably wasn't going to be anyway just because of, of the game and even if he was had been inactive going into it. Uh, but Sunday's the biggest day of Felix Anaduke Izama's life. I mean, our understanding is that you know he's going to be the guy that receives the snaps uh, you know, because Omanihu is, is going to be uh, out due to injury. And I think like behind the scenes, the Chiefs have been really satisfied with Felix. I know that there's, there's been some unrest and some fan disappointment and complaints on both like talk radio and in the comments, where's Felix, but you're right. Uh, the Chiefs de- defensive line is very, very deep and, you know, veteran players have been playing well. And so, you know, you can only play so many players at a certain time, but uh, Felix is fresh. The Chiefs like what he has been able to do. And I, 
I think he's like a little bit of a wild card that, that could come out of out of uh, out of nowhere and make a big play uh, in this game on Sunday. Yeah, I actually talked to John about this earlier in the week, and you know, for all the fans that are worried about Felix, like I don't think that Felix is all of a sudden gonna. take as many snaps as Charles Amena, who was for this Chiefs defense, but they just need him to be a situational guy who, when he is on the field, has an opportunity to make plays. And early in the season, in a really limited role, we saw him win some pass rush reps, and we saw him be effective in the run game. And then you mentioned Derek Nottie earlier, too. Like, Derek Nottie not being around is a, a big blow to the Chiefs defensive line. And we're talking about going up against Christian McCaffrey, where the one Achilles heel of this Chiefs defense all year has been against the rushing attack, and this is the best running back in the NFL, and it's not even particularly close this season. So, like, they've got some things that worry you a little bit, but I still feel like Chris Jones can take this thing to another level in a one-game sample size. I feel like George Karloftis can take this thing to another level in a one-game sample size. And Mike Dana, who has been one of the most underrated players for the Chiefs defensive line all season long, can be an impactful player in Sunday's game. So, Yes, they're shorthanded there right now, and those injuries could wind up affecting their performance in the Super Bowl, but I expect the Chiefs playmakers to step up and and have a huge impact in this game. Mike Dan is a really really good point and a a good name to bring up because you think about what this game means. I mean, we we get so caught up in, you know, what's going to happen with LeJarius Sneed, what's going to happen with Chris Jones, key players in the Chiefs defense, just considering their contract is up. Mike Dana's contract is up. And so not that you need any more motivation to play in the Super Bowl, but he also could stand to make a lot of money on Sunday if he has a big game. And so that plays into it. You know, our, our late great friend, uh, Teresa Taylor, would always say it, the contract year is undefeated, and that certainly extends to the Super Bowl. And we haven't talked about Willie Gay much uh, because obviously he's been practicing. He's expected to be available after uh, dealing with that neck injury throughout the postseason. But the Chiefs having their full rotation of linebackers in this game, I think, is going to have a huge impact on Sunday. Like we talk about Nick Bolton, who I, I think after having the midseason injury and really kind of struggling upon his return, has really found a groove and he's been playing really good football. Willie Gay is going to be back and hopefully healthy. And we, we, we've seen them miss his athleticism a little bit. And Drew Tranquil has been spectacular in the postseason. And then that that's even before you get to a guy like Leo Chanel who can come in and, and play in the run game and has has made some really impactful plays for the Chiefs on defense here in the playoffs. Like just the Chiefs depth overall. And then that's before we even get to their tremendous secondary. Like the the depth on the defensive side of the ball, I, I think is gonna be one of the deciding factors in Sunday's Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, I think it's all about the roster build. I mean, Red Beach did a really nice job uh on the defensive side, really at all three levels, not only having starters that are ready to go, but, you know, football is, is a game where people get injured and the, the the depth is there. And, you know, kudos to him, too, on the offensive side. I know we criticize the offense all year long, but uh, Rasheed Rice is a, is a player now uh, who was a, you know, one-for-one one ample replacement for Juju Smith-Schuster. And to do that uh, in year one, very, very impressive. I think uh, other than, than Puka, uh, you know, you can you can make a case that Rasheed Rice was the most important receiver pick in, in the NFL draft. And so even on that side, I feel like they've done a really nice job of, um, you know, losing certain players and then uh, filling in those those positions with players who could step in and, and make an impact. 
And on the offensive side of the ball, obviously there's been a, a ton of Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan talk, and, and you mentioned right. Steve Spagnolo and, and these coaching staffs, like two of the best coaching staffs in the NFL, and it's not particularly close. Uh, like we've seen the success that both these teams have had in recent years. And I just tend to wind up, I, I know a lot's ma- being made of Brock Purdy against a blitz, all these weapons and the Chiefs struggles on offense this year. But at the end of the day, it's can Patrick Mahomes continue to be perfect uh, like he has all throughout the postseason. And I yeah. think that we've seen him show up in these big stages before. And I don't know what to expect in, in Brock Purdy, despite the fact that Brock Purdy has has let a couple of come from behind wins for the San Francisco 49ers. And at the end of the day, it then becomes Andy Reid versus Kyle Shanahan. And while Kyle Shanahan is one of the most important offensive coaches uh, of this generation in the NFL, I still think that Andy Reid is the guy that you don't want to play when he's had two weeks to prepare for you. I'm with you. And I think it's a, a very good point about Patrick Mahomes. Um, it, it's, it's fun to watch him because without a doubt, through six years of a career, the best quarterback we've ever seen. And you, you see some of that stuff on a week by week basis, but there is like a, a tangible um, big game attitude, big game play that comes with him uh, as well. And it, you know, when you're talking about the, the comparison between Mahomes and Purdy, I think it it's lopsided enough. But then when you add in the fact that in these big games, Mahomes just really always shows out. I mean, the only outlier in that one, I think, that, that you think about is the Cincinnati game uh, from a couple of years ago when they, they blew that big lead at Arrowhead Stadium and the Bengals ended up going to the Super Bowl. But, you know, other than that one game and maybe one half, you would say, I mean, he just always rises to the occasion. And that makes everyone better and I think you nailed it I think all year uh, they were saying the to, to a point of nauseam I, I think we would complain about it on the Arrowhead Pride Report of just I mean man they keep saying clean up penalties stop making mistakes the offense will be good and it was hard to believe them because you know they would lose a game uh, after winning one and that, did that several times uh, but now they were right like it, <clears throat> they made it back to the Super Bowl they cleaned it up for the postseason and they've been tough to beat, especially with the defense holding the opposing team uh, to the to the point totals that they have. He's Pete Sweeney. You can follow him on Twitter at PG Sweeney. I'm Stephen Sir. It's where you can find me. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Make sure you stay locked into ArrowheadPride.com. Again, next edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report will actually be coming out on Saturday, so be on the lookout for that. We'll have a fresh episode of Show MBK to get you ready for Sunday's game coming out tomorrow morning, so be on the lookout for that and stay locked into ArrowheadPride.com. we got absolutely everything you need to know ahead of the Super Bowl between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride Premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.